The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 173, everybody. I'm your host, Greg Miller. This is IGN's official PlayStation podcast. I'm alongside the rug munching Ryan Clements. <laughs> my God. Now, here. <laughs> this, is the deb- this is the first time Colin's new name is said in order. And mm. somebody wanted me to do it this way. Try it this way to see okay. if it makes more sense. Colin, he only does everything Moriarty. Mm. Is that you like that, or do you like he only does everything Colin I think Moriarty. it's probably better he do- only does everything Colin Moriarty. Oh, really? I was yeah. about to say the opposite. Uh, I think Colin, he only does everything. Someone did message us saying that my name should have been... Uh, what was, once, what is right now, what will always be the guide's guru, Colin Moriarty. I kind of like it as a full introduction for him. I mean, it doesn't make sense anyway you put it. Because if you say, if, uh, Colin, he only does everything Moriarty, then it says, he only does everything Moriarty? What is Moriarty? Yeah, what yeah. is everything Moriarty? I understand. Yeah, well, I, I will say this, that I went on, so we did that NGP roundtable video, uh-huh. and I went on YouTube to, to watch it or whatever, and one of the, the well, it had like, you know, 50 thumbs ups or whatever, was, uh, he only does everything, Colin Moriarty. Okay. So... All right, that's it. He only does everything, yeah, Colin yeah, Moriarty. Yeah, and my brother it. from another mother, Anthony Gallegos. Destroyer of Metacritics. Oh, come on. You're right, you're right in line with everything. Oh. Anthony just reviewed Killzone 3, everybody, Sorry. if Kill, you didn't know. Killzone. The Killzone 3 has been reviewed. True, I, haven't gotten, I haven't gotten the level of hate that I've gotten so far from this since I reviewed Uncharted 2. So. Come on now. You think it's that bad so far? Well, no. I think I, I was very. I want to. I want to give. A, I want to give a big shout out here to the reader slash listener. There have been some here. really good ones. Yes, we are. We are winning the war on trolls on IGN. The first twenty comments were all people saying good review. Not even a first. The first comment was eight five. Good review. I'm looking forward to playing this. And then they were talking about the game. And then some people were making fun of trolls. And then the real trolls started. Do, do I have to make another blog post? No. I think we're winning the war. People are getting it. And just. To bring it up, we're bringing in a new segment uh, here oh, on okay. the Conversational Podcast. It's called Comment Corner. Oh. Comment Corner. Uh, this is where I'll pick where my, fav- my favorite comment from a, 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 a review and then read it aloud in my yes. voice. This one wait, comes wait, wait, from... Wait, wait, wait. It's the Comment Corner. Oh, all right. Well, uh, we'll yeah. work on that. We're going to have to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> this one comes from Captain Kratos. It's directed to Anthony. Captain Kratos. 8-5! Man, fuck that shit. IGN can eat a dick. 
<laughs> now, the runner-up to this was a, a separate comment about 30 comments later, also from Captain Kratos. <laughs> IGN can fuck themselves. <laughs> they, thank you. That was Comment Corner. How does binary That's fuck itself? Corner. I love all these rational people that have played the game yeah, and I know, made yeah. an opinion about that it. Was, somebody did that, like a nine, a no, a nine for uh, graphics. Or, and then there was Lasting Appeal. It was only blah, blah, blah. you got to be kidding me. And somebody was like, oh, you've, you've, you've already beaten the game, huh? <laughs> So the, we're winning the war here. Uh, lots yeah. to talk about on Killzone. So. Wait, when you say winning the war, do you mean on the PlayStation channel? There, we're not getting a lot of trolls there? I mean on uh, reviews in general. I think oh, okay. I'm seeing more and more IGN positive reviews. IGN comments. Not, not even positive like you did a great job, IGN. They can be constructive. I don't really agree with this, but I haven't proven right, right, myself. Right. But not just, fuck yourself, IGN. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Stick your cock in an electrical socket. <laughs> That's how you review games. Yeah, well, it is. <laughs> you don't hurt. Calls in a burrito order, yeah. unzips, and then I fuck goes a, to And town. then I fuck a wall outlet. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, tell me about Killzone 3. Topic of the week. It's a, it's a great game. Do, 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 great. 8.5, yeah? 8.5, yeah. Uh, um, you, li uh, you liked it because? I liked it because it, th no one does... The first-person immersion thing better than Gorilla in my mind. The close second is the people that are the people that uh, make con the condemned games. Mm -hmm. Like those games are a great first-person game. What about Half-Life? No, Half-Life Two is Half-Life Two is a great game. It's a it's a fantastic game. But climb a ladder in Half-Life and you slide up it. Get in the car. You're just like a camera that kind oh. of like moves into it. Mm -hmm. Like nothing. You feel like it, when you play Half-Life, you're like I'm a I'm a camera with a gun floating in front of it. Which that's because you kind of are. Whereas, like, when you play Killzone, you feel like a human from, like, the way you pop up over cover to when the, you look at your gun while you reload it. Like, Gorilla were the pioneers of that. Well, maybe not necessarily the pioneers, but they were some of the ones that did it the best. You know, like, cool. even when I played Killzone 1, and I think that that still is, like, what makes Killzone 2 such a cool game because it it is, like, uh, human versus human combat. Like, that is, like, I don't think anyone does it quite as well. Like, even when you play Call of Duty and stuff like that, you still almost feel like you're fighting robots and stuff. But just they have such great animations with the Hellgast and your own guys and stuff that it kind of brings home that kind of, I don't know, how horrible, like, human human conflict is, you know? I mean, the game's obviously supposed to be fantastic and, like, science fiction and all that, but it there's certain themes and stuff that run through it and stuff that you're like, wow, this kind of reminds me of what's going on in our own time. So what didn't you like about it? What gives it the 8.5 instead of the Yeah, uh, Kills in 3 has a terrible story. I mean, there's no, like, they, they killed the only likable characters from the second game, which was, uh... Spoiler alert! Well, yeah, if you never played 2, it's been a few years. Get well, on it. The captain, right? No, the, well, they killed Templar, who, yeah, was the, yeah. who was the first likable guy in the PSP and the first game. And in the second game, they had this guy, Garza, who basically served as almost, like, the same role that Dom serves in Gears of War, which is to be, like, the player's kind of perspective. Like, if someone's like, man, what we're doing is kind of fucked up, Garza would be the one that would say it. Garza was always the guy that was kind of like the human he, character. He felt human, exactly. Yeah. All the other guys were just like, "Fuck yeah, we're killing things." I got this crazy. And then they Mohawk. killed him. And so now in the new game, it's just like two guys all the time being like, "Fuck yeah, we're angry. Fuck these guys. Yeah, awesome." <laughs> mm. Yeah, I just find it's, it feels flat. like a bro shooter. Yeah, and not just that, but there are certain themes that I don't want to spoil too much. But they could have explored further and made it a much more interesting game. Yeah. As it is, it's still a really fun shooter. It's just, eh. is this the last chapter of this of this saga? Uh, Look at that. You just stole the question from Ask Blade's mouth. Because he wrote into beyond.ign.com and said, if I could ask one more question, because he had asked a bunch of boring ones, uh, do you think the ending, is, uh, this is the ending of the trilogy? Parentheses, it is a trilogy, right? Is it worth buying? It's not a trilogy. Okay. It's very clearly a franchise. Bro shooters will live forever. Yeah. 
I, I think I, I always think Killzone could be more than that, though, right? That's kind of why I dug Killzone 2 so much. I'm not a first-person shooter fan. We talk about it on the show all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Like, burn out of these games. And so, for Killzone 2, I thought, w put you into, it was very, you know, first-person experience. I thought this, I hate Rico, you know what I mean? I thought Seb was fine in that game, but he was super quiet. And, you know, I thought the story was all right or whatever. And then 3 came out, and I was super excited, and I sat down and played it, and, you know, it runs better. I think it definitely looks better. It's, it's, it's beautiful, a beautiful, game. beautiful game. And they do a lot with environments this time around. There's a lot of different varied environments that you go through, which I thought Killzone 2 was sorely lacking. And then they d drop you getting in mechs, you're getting in vehicles. Like they do it where they're shaking it up to not be, you know, the same thing over and over again. But I burned out on this one too. Like yeah. I just, I, I got to a point in the single player. I'm like, I just don't care about these guys. Like I just don't care where their story's going. I'll wait until multiplayer. One of one of my favorite moments from Killzone 2, and, and the the time I felt like, and now I'm interested in the story. Is when your your ship gets invaded, yeah. uh, mid mid orbit, and then Radic like uncloaks, and there's like this like almost like political slash like discussion between Radic and Templar, right? And they're having this awesome showdown like verbally. I thought at that point I was like, hey, this is kind of cool, and that was really the only moment I got that felt there's, like that to me. The universe that they've established is this weird complex thing that they. They don't necessarily always do a good job with because they just basically say the Hellgast are evil, the Hellgast are bad, the Hellgast are evil. But really when you find out, like if you do any sort of reading, because that's the only way to really find out, you find out that they're kind of a byproduct of like really horrible treatment, basically. Yeah. I mean, the the government that that you're fighting for and that are the good guys did not necessarily treat them in the best ways to make them like a happy people that would want to not like lash out in vengeance against They kind them. of sent them to that horrible right. planet, it's, it's, right? It's obviously like a play off of like the in-between World War One and World War Two Germany, where it's like, you know, we left World War One Germany in such a horrible state financially and stuff that the, all they did is like a hyper-militarized and nationalized, and, and we're like, fuck everyone else. You know, they, they left us to be in a horrible place, and it's kind of the same thing. They just like, you know, they're a byproduct of being in a terrible situation, but you don't get any of that playing the actual games hardly at all, not, yeah. you know? What a coincidence. I'm, I'm reading about the Weimar Republic right now. <laughs> do they mention yes. the Hellgast in it? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay, they good. might as well. Just switch out <laughs> to switch out Hellgast for Germany. And there, there was a lot of room for something really cool to be done here. Because, like, remember, like, when we first saw it, they pitched it that, you know, uh, well, you know, spoilers, everybody, if you haven't finished Killzone 2, bleep it out now. Uh, you know, they kill Vasari at the end of the game, who's, like, their figurehead. And so, like, when they showed us Killzone 3, they're like, now nah, there's a civil war, and there's a struggle for power, and you're going to see and, Hellgast trying and to And you guys are stuck on their planet. Yeah. And it's like, that you're sounds left really behind. cool. And that whole story is played out in a couple of cutscenes with uh, Malcolm McDowell talking to this other dude, and then him just getting, totally getting waxed. It's, it's like, yeah, it's it, over, it, like, it, oh. bas it basically jumps time around a lot, too, where it's, like, six months later, six months previously, yeah. and you're just like, what happened in between? Yeah, yeah. Like, show me. Let me ask you this question, because this was a, I never really thought about this. I, I'm not, I don't know too much of the mythology of Killzone. I guess too deeply, like I would resistance or something. But when we did that Killzone in five minutes video, which I thought was really it was awesome, watching on IGN.com. And uh, they said something. They kind of referred to the fact that, like, you know, the humans. Well, everyone's human, but the the, the Earth-based humans are on Helgen, uh, and they're fine without suits and and so yeah. on. so like it's like ha like so why how long do you have to be on that planet in, in order to have to wear the gas masks think, and the, and the think, Nazi like uh, cloaks that if, everyone wears? If I'm gonna be a Killzone apologist. The only thing I can think of is that maybe the Hellgast at this point have tamed it and brought it back to a, a livable level. But for them, they'll always be fucked up just yeah. from just from the but initial. But why do they need the gas masks if they've acclimated to that environment? Uh, I think, but I think they're they are genetically slightly different from humans over the course of basically taming this horrible, screwed up planet. Right. 
But so wouldn't that mean they don't they don't need the gas max and, and we would because they've they've evolved to adapt to that environment. I'm saying that the plan- look at that big thing, shoot it. Whoa. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying I don't think the planet's actually fucked up anymore, but they'll always yeah, need I respirators. Yeah, I understand what stuff. you're saying. So that's why the humans are okay. I mean, that would be it. That just seems like a big. I never even thought about More that. More importantly, but that seems like a big it's hole. just to write them off as evil. That's yeah, what it right. comes down to. It's just to make them. You can see it's a it's a visual trick in the gameplay design to be like I know instantly who's evil and who's good. It is actually kind of helpful because I in I sometimes have that problem in shooters if they're all humanoid who's looking. Who's on my team? Yeah, who's on my team? Yeah. Dear God, I'm sorry I shot you in the face. Right, it happens all the time in a Call of Duty and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Killzone, they have really smart visual design from the masks, but also to the lights. All the bad guys are always wearing red lights. All the good guys are like G.I. Joe's wearing blue yeah, lights. Blue and yeah. Greens, yeah. So. It's it's funny, too, because uh, like what you were talking about, the Weimar Republic and stuff, and, and it, it just seems like the, the Helgen really are... Nazis uh, down to their logo and like, like oh yeah, just, I mean, like, in the great uniforms. Like a, yeah, it's like yeah, they're wearing dusters and it's it's kind of it, it is kind of strange. Like uh, I guess how, how that goes, or whatever. But like how you like you said, like you kind like when you read about them or whatever. I kind of they, they're they're not like Chimera. Like you kind of sympathize with them in a way when you're like just on their planet destroying them. And they're like in this hostile, really hostile <laughs> environment. But at the same time, it really does invoke like. Uh, Almost like a steampunk aesthetic, like Final Fantasy VI did with the with Gestel and the Empire. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like it's true. When you play through Killzone, it almost has that thing where you're like, "Oh, this feels futuristic," but at the same time, not. Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, they don't, they aren't living in like crazy apartments with space elevators. Like their buildings are still made of concrete and rebar. And, yeah. You know, everything mm-hmm. looks twisted. Like it could be like a World War II battlefield until yeah. like a, a mech rolls on the scene. You know, and you're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> what the Whoa, fuck? there's a mech. But I do like how you were saying. Like to me, it was always like it wasn't. It's clear, like it's always clear. Obviously, Hitler was Hitler was evil. The Nazis were very evil, and uh, but what the hell are you gonna have like their questionable motives, and you don't really know like yeah. why you're killing them. I <laughs> mean, the first game, the first game you play it, and it it makes a lot of sense too because there are certain characters from the hell the like the Helgen people that actually like work with you in the first game and yeah, you play yeah, as yeah, them yeah. they have this really weird interplay between like politics and the characters are always lashing out at each other about like why they're doing what they're doing and stuff they kind of it did a much better job with like kind of building up like a motive for people mm. and in this game it's just kind of like well we're stuck here fucking kill them all you know right that's the weekend oh, motive oh snap jetpack uh, son <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we jump on to the few reader questions here my final one for you is how, how's multiplayer I'm really interested so, to get. I like the yeah I mean some people got mad that in my review I only like glossed over multiplayer in a paragraph but the thing is like multiplayer is a huge component of Killzone but to me that's not the reason I play a Killzone game I still think multiplayer is great and it's fun but for me Killzone games have always been about the campaign first yeah. You know, but uh, multiplayer, if you like two, it's awesome. Like, I've I played uh, quite a bit of two, and I've now I'm playing three, and, you know, it's, in a lot of ways, it's still the same game. They still have, like, the same objective-based multiplayer. I mean, they have that new mode, Operations. Yeah, yeah. But really, that's just an objective-based multiplayer game where you get the, a cool cutscene that you, shows, if well. you did really well, it shows you in the cutscene. So you get to be like, oh, game over Greggy, just, now he's planning a charge and blowing up this level. But, uh... You know, the one thing they did do great is the change that they did to the leveling up mechanics because every game that's a multiplayer shooter these days has to have leveling up and, you know, points and perks and all that. But now you can spend them how you want because in the old game you kind of had to use a class and grind away on a class before you're like, oh, now my medic finally has a healing gun. Yeah. You know, and now it's like you start, you have some points, you can play an engineer and always play an engineer for hours because you think they're the only class that's cool right off the bat. And you can accrue a bunch of points and then go spend them all on a medic to make the medic worthwhile. That's to really jump cool. into yeah, it. That's, that's nice. really, really cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's a fun game. I think. It, I thought you did fine in your review. As, someone, as somebody who proofed it and helped edit it, uh, like, I think the fact that we have multiplayer beta, pre- a video preview, a real preview up, and the fact that, yeah, it's Killzone 2 
expanded and fixed and better. I mean, the point is, is that it's fun. That's what I'm trying to totally, convey to you. I right? don't need to write you a fact sheet explaining every <laughs> mode of it. Explore it for yourself. It's awesome. Yeah. All right, Matt. Hey. Yeah. No, go ahead. What do you yep. Yep. Go. 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 What do you want to know? What do you want to know, Ryan? Oh, all right. Well, oh, God. Uh, I, I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just going to say, I think that's often like a misconception with people. Uh, when they read our reviews, they think like, oh, you know, we barely touched on this at all. Well, you know, honestly, you describe any video game, you could you could write like an, a 10-page treatment of it, yeah. if, if not more, if you wanted to actually describe every little bit. And you know, honestly, we we're trying to get you the most concise and important information. Yeah, I'm not trying to write a consumer report. I am trying to tell you, however, whether or not these things succeed yes. and what they're trying to do, and whether or not, most importantly, it's fun. Like yeah, that yeah. is what it comes down to for Chances us. Fun are, is you, everything. If you want a more dialed-in component of any game, you can look through the related articles and find that. Yeah, you know yeah what I mean? totally. Like, this is for the one person who just pops up and wants to know about Killzone Three and get back to work. You Should know what I mean? they buy it? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, it's a, is it good? Is it bad? Is it great? Is it awful? Some examples of what's good. Some examples of what's bad. I think that's what the components of every great review. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matt Goff has a question for you, though. Hi, what's up, Goff? He says, Beyond. I'm planning on playing through Killzone 3 twice, once with the normal controller and once with move controllers. Which way would you recommend first? I would play with the standard controller. I mean, if that's what you're comfortable with, right? To me, the move is an interesting option if, like, someone like like your dad or someone wanted to play it that has never played a shooter with dual analogs, and Uh maybe they have a hard time with that. Because, like, it plays basically like a Wii shooter. You know, I've played a lot of first-person shooters on Wii as well. And it has some interesting things into it that actually make it kind of easier. Like, if it, you can toggle it on and off, but there's an auto-lock. Like, you just hit the aim button, it and it'll basically to, right? snaps to and stays on the nearest opponent. So then your gun is already locked on them, and then you can move your gun slightly to, like, shoot them in the leg or shoot them in the head. But it, it's generally locked on to, like, their center mass, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it has certain things that make it easier. I mean, it's fun. It's kind of a – it's a gimmicky thing, but by no means is it, like, the – the like awesome way to definitive play. way. This is the way to play Killzone. No, it exists, you know. Okay. But I, but I would never choose to play it that way. Okay. Um, I totally forgot that it had move support. So that's you uh, know, it's I, it's like I've played the new SOCOM that's coming out before too, right? And I played it with move, and I played it without move. Yeah. And it's like again, that's just if you if you really want to try it with move, it exists. But I enjoyed it with move. Yeah. It, again, but it's not. It's not me, like yeah, yeah. I would still choose to play with the dual analog. I don't okay. know. I was interested in how Killzone Three felt with the move, just because. Uh, Killzone's controls are so heavy. At least Killzone 2's were. So I was interested to see how snapping around the screen well, would be and stuff like that. They, they, they also, you know, that site Digital Foundry that Eurogamer owns, they did pr- prove that Killzone 2 to 3, they have improved the input lag considerably mm-hmm. to where basically 3 is on par with every other shooter. That's good you know? because I, I did find weighty. that. It does. That's the thing I've always – but that's the thing is I didn't want them to get rid of that because that's the thing I've always loved about Killzone is everything has weight to it because yeah. you're not a robot. You are a human being who has, like, moments of hesitation and, you know. But, uh, I did like the I did like the more realistic feel in a way, but, but the one thing I did when, when we got that when we played together the multi or the co-op or whatever we did yeah, together yeah. a while ago, it immediately mapped the, the buttons all different because the one thing that frustrates me about Killzone's default is like snapping the or like clicking the analog oh, yeah, yeah. stick to go into aim mode. I'm like this is awful. It always, yeah, I do the same thing. So I will say that it. the move control has one one really negative thing. I didn't really mention my review because it's not the end of the world, but to me it's like. The only gimmicky move thing it has is to do a melee attack. You have to stab forward with the move controller. Mm. I I just think. Yeah, no, thank you. You shouldn't stab forward with something you're aiming with. Yeah, agreed. Kyle Smith has two questions for you, Anthony. Number one, is Rico just as annoying as before? Yes. God, yeah, I agree. And then number two, it sounded like Anthony felt the story for Killzone 2 was a bit stronger than Killzone 3. Is that true? Yes. All right. 
That was easy. Look at that. No pain. Like I said, because they had the more interesting interplay between characters like Garza. And, like Garza and, and you know, in the moment when he died and stuff was actually kind of a heavy moment. And your character freaks out on Rico about that because it's kind of Rico's fault that he died. Totally. So it's like, yeah. you know. There's just... Rico Rico is just a disaster. In and that, he, and in it's that funny game. when you watch Killzone in five minutes. He's been a disaster from day one. He's basically just way too aggressive. Yeah. He's hyper aggressive. He's the, he's the example of the quintessential, like, ape man that just, ape ru- man. That just runs. <laughs> Well, hold on. I don't mean that to sound horrible if it sounds horrible. I just mean ape in the sense that he's like a fucking... He's a meathead. He's a meathead. He's yeah. just a dumb savage. He's like the stereotypical, like, lunkhead military guy that people expect. Yeah, watch the kills in five minutes when he yells at the guy in game one. Cause that's amazing. Um, A lucky bum asks... Now for the real question. Okay. Let's say that Killzone 3 had a very strong story on par with Uncharted 2 or Infamous. Okay. How would, how would the score improve? If it was a score... If it had a story that was like Uncharted where I'm suffering well not suffering that's fucked up to uncharted but i'm saying where i'm playing through <laughs> shooting parts that aren't as great as other you know there are some games that do third person shooting much better than uncharted right mm. but uncharted it's like you completely don't care about that that much because the story is just so fucking incredible and you know if if, if killzone had that considering that it already has great combat oh it'd be f- it'd be it'd be one of the best games of this generation hands yep. down you know i still think that killzone is one of the best ps3 exclusives but you know, it's not. I don't. Understood. I wouldn't yeah. put it as one of the, like. Here's a question for the room. Yes. Uh, are we ever going to see a first-person shooter? And I guess Half-Life is already there, kind of. I guess, but more of a military-based one. That wh- why do these games not have amazing stories? Mm. Why does this always seem to be the gripe with like a Black Ops or whatever? Well, that's that, that's funny. Because I, you know, we talk about it a lot, but like, that's why Resistance is good. You know, mm. <laughs> it's because of the story. Resistance story is awesome. That's the why it's a good game. Universe is awesome. The story in the second one was not good. I liked. I liked. And the I don't story think Nathan though. Hale's a very good character either. He was. He's, well, he was. Spoilers. He was. He's what he was in the first game. But uh, but you know, I, I think that there's. I don't know that a first-person shooter is going to be able to tell a story so much because when you're playing a first-person shooter, the whole point is they can't. F- they have to find an interesting way to do it that's not necessarily cutscenes because you can't keep a player, like too often from being having time where they're shooting things. And you, it's really hard to tell a story when you're just pumping bullets at someone's face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Bioshock did a decent job of it as a first-person shooter, right? Yeah. But people would also point to Bioshock and be like, ah, the shooting was really only okay. It was another one of those, well, the mechanics were okay, but the story was fucking incredible. Yeah. You well, know, it's just, that's that's kind of how I feel about Resistance. Like, I always said, that Killzone is a technically... I understand why people look at Killzone as a technically finer shooter, because it is, you know? But... I just I'm compelled by it's easy to to maybe not easy but it's fundamentally more easy to take a sto- make a story like Kill Zones where it's like kind of a hypothetical future. Uh, what I liked about Resistance was that it took human history up to a certain point, stopped it, and then just completely re- rewrote it like Harry Turtle Dove style. Yeah. So like that's what I enjoy about it, and it seems like uh, Kill Zone has gone more for the the you know this is a great game, this is an intense game, this is a multiplayer game, this is a game you want to play. Resistance is three especially has already been priming itself as like this game is about its story and ambience, like everything we've seen about it is all about like what the hell is going on there. So I, I suppose like even we haven't you know we have a, a preview because the UK guys played it, but uh, it seems like maybe there's a nice contrast between the two series now that they've been looking for it for a while, which is like Kill Zone three is is a fundamental shooter fan shooter, and Resistance is telling is trying to do something unique with the shooter space and maybe turning it more into a Left 4 Dead style. I mean, I know game. I know that people hate the comparison, but to me, it's like Killzone is kind of like, it is like the PS3's Halo in a way, in the sense that like I don't play Halo games for the story. Like, okay. I play Halo games because they give fun scenarios to shoot things in. <laughs> you know, the story is kind of a secondary thing. I, okay. And, well, I was going to say, just to go off on a tangent, that Halo, I, having just beat Halo Reach... I still think that was actually a game that I was invested in the story of. 
I was I was very much enjoying it. From I say I thought they, I thought they didn't do a great job of making you invest in those characters either. You were just like I, basically not, told cer- like certainly not. It's certainly not the best, but I feel like out of the Halo games, at least that was that was the best one. I mean, I still feel like one of the best first-person stories I've played has to probably either be Condemned or maybe even though it's on rails. I mean, Dead Space Extraction does a great job with like first-person storytelling. But but you were making the comparison between uh, Killzone and something and Halo it, and our and yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying hey, both Killzone and Halo are just games that you play for. The shooting fun and the, I, I mean per, I know people will talk about how much they love the story and again I think Halo has an awesome universe mm-hmm. they just don't ever do a very good job of conveying that universe to me yeah understandable alright final question comes from Mario has Anthony beaten the game like seven times also <laughs> does he pee his pants beyond uh, no I, I've only beaten the game once and probably played through the vast majority of the levels a second time okay, but so I, do you pee your you... pants no <laughs> I haven't peed my pants in many years. Okay. Uh, so basically, he is beating it in a normal capacity. <laughs> you don't need to beat a game like eight times to know whether or not it's good. Exactly. True. Let's start the show proper with what is <laughs> and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Uh, it's another column where we already jam here, so I'm sure there'll be some editorializing on the news. Uh, he he filled it up. He's got 14 stories on here. I've already I've already pruned two out. Really? I combined another. Yeah, you get crazy with this. This is why. This is, is everything that we is, put on this site. I know you don't need that. Here, just let We're me. We're supposed to have the big stuff. You want to read the Roper report? Yeah, I'll just read it. All right. You. All right. Number don't, one. Don't 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 you know? Don't just steamroll it. Enjoy it. Save okay. for some of these stories. Is the NGP getting multiple SKUs? If a Eurogame report is to be believed, Sony intends on releasing two versions of the next generation portable, one with 3G and one without. That same report confirmed that Sony is currently working out 3G partnerships outside of Japan and that there will be an extra cost for consumers. I don't like that idea. That's uh, one SKU. Don't confuse the Well, yeah. not, not only one SKU, but if you're already going to ask someone to pay, what what do you guys? What have you guys estimated on the show? It's going to cost. I think it'll cost 400 bucks. I think it'll be right, 400. and then and then what are you going to do? A 30 dollar data plan a month or something on top of that? Like that is just. I'm just disappointed in this news the most, just because if they want to pave the way to the future, if they if they really believe in what they're doing with the PSP, then two or whatever the fuck it's called, then <laughs> then uh, they'll. They'll stick with the 3G, put it in, even if there's going to be a hit to consumers. Because, I mean, how much more, what are they going to take $50 off the SKU and then be like, oh, you can have it without That's 3G. basically what Amazon's done, but at least in Amazon's case with the Kindle. Now, granted, you don't use the 3G that much, mm. but you have it for free. Yeah. What was the site that had the NGP pre-orders for $1,000? Well, oh, that was GameStop. When I saw that, I was like, I felt like that was like GameStop's way of trying to bully Sony totally. and giving them the price. Totally. Like, look, we're going to scare the fuck out of consumers if you don't tell us what it really is. 100% but. I agree. I still think there's a chance that the 3G is just going to be used for that constant on, see what your friends are playing, connect to the store thing, and not for gaming, which would well, make maybe 3G more reasonable. Yeah, I will say that during that presentation, as I believe now all, all of you guys have seen the video oh, feed, yeah. or mm-hmm. when they were when they were showing like how you can you can like follow what people are playing like around like like I thought that was the coolest. Like I don't know how much I would use it. Yeah. But that is such a cool idea. I mean the and, social aspect. and the fact that you can buy you can <laughs> you can buy it immediately. Like if you're like you see a friend like walking through the park and you're like oh what are they playing oh this game and you go right to the store and buy it oh that's awesome yeah see, that's why so cool. and, and that's one of those things where that was my whole argument against why there'd be two skews. That's how they that's how they pitched and showed off this fucking thing yeah. and now they're gonna be like oh but you cannot have that if you want yeah. Story number two. Yeah. Demon's Souls sequel has been officially named. Earlier known as Project Dark, the game is now known as Dark Souls. The game is referred strictly to as, as a spiritual successor to Demon's Souls and now a literal story-driven sequel. Not, I, I meant, I'm sorry if it says now. 
Um, from the reveal video, the game looks and plays like Demon's Souls. It will be released exclusively on the PS3 in Japan, but will come out on both PS3 and 360 elsewhere. Oh. The game should come out sometime this year, and Jim Riley will be very happy. He won't play it until next year. Says the trailer looks really cool, man. I mean, I've... Uh, I know I didn't give Demon Souls much more than like four or five hours of my time, but I, I think I'm gonna go back. It's enough, man. <laughs> just because, like, I, I really wasn't. I, I like I like really hard games. I really do. But like we discussed, uh, you know, I, I I don't like games that are hard just for the sake of being hard. Yeah. You know? There's yeah. gotta be something more in there. Uh, there are just certain people that game jives with. So I will say that when we were all recently out of the office, yeah, we had when no I went co- when I went back to my hotel room, Ryan Scott. Editor GameSpy was making a spreadsheet on how to level his Demon Souls character. He loves it. <laughs> That's loves awesome. It. Uh, All right. um, I actually kind of like how they uh, not, are not calling it Demon Souls Two. Um, now, unfortunately, they lose out on the oh, Demon Souls Two. I liked the first one. No, because you know? there's nobody who's like that. Trust me, the only the very few people that love Demon Souls no, already know that it's called know. Dark yeah. Souls. And that's yeah, yeah. what I like is that we're, we are so inundated with sequels and totally. prequels. And uh, oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, look at there were certain Wii games that came out from little tiny companies where they called it Blank Two, even though there was never a Blank One, <laughs> just to get sales. Really? Really? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, there was a there was a game called Anubis, for Wii that was just came out as Anubis Two. There was never an Anubis one. Oh, my God. That's fascinating. Um, all right. So th- Ubisoft has revealed PlayStation 3 exclusive collection called the Splinter Cell Trilogy. It's coming out March 22nd and will contain remastered HD versions of Splinter Cell, Pandora Tomorrow, and Chaos Theory. They will all be on a single Blu-ray disc and support 3D, and it will be $39.99. Nice. That is awesome. The, P- the 360 doesn't get very many, well, any HD game remakes. Any cool. They're getting Beyond Good and Evil. Beyond? Beyond. We're all getting that, though. Right, that's what I'm saying, and that's because it's one game. They can't. I don't think they can the do blue, multiple. It's the, it's it's the, the Blu-ray disc, disc yeah. yeah. Um, I love that Blu-ray disc, man. Ubisoft has also revealed that the Prince of Persia Classic Trilogy HD is getting a disc-based release. The individual games, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, Warrior Within, and The Two Thrones, are already available for download on the PSN, but this release will bundle them together for $39.99. That is awesome as well. Yeah. So it's like a five dollar savings, but you do yeah. get it Just on a disc, and you don't have to you don't have to download them and stuff. I mean, that's kind of nice. Yeah. But then you pay tax. Yeah. Increasingly, you, you can have them right now. Yeah. You can just download them right now yeah. and have them all. Increasingly, too, I'm deciding that I want less game cases because my shelf's 100%. getting a little out of hand. Yeah, I like having yep. them on the hard drive. Although. I understand. Okay. Well, well, all right. Conversational podcast. Before we jump ship, there is a problem everyone needs to know about. One of our readers wrote in. He was none too pleased about it because he picked the worst time ever. Alec writes in and says. I ordered a new 500 gigabyte hard drive because I was out of space on my 80 gig hard drive. It came in the mail Saturday. This happens to be the day I also picked up Mass Effect 2. Took out the old hard drive, put the new one in, had the new patch on the memory stick, blah, 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 blah. Thing, PS3 says I need to put a 3.56 firmware in there, so I plug in the flash drive. The PS3 starts to search for the data, then nothing. Apparently your PS3 won't recognize patch 3.56 from an external memory device when trying to install a new hard drive. Mm. I checked the message boards to figure out why, and everyone trying to install a new hard drive is shit out of luck. So until Sony releases a fix, I can't play Mass Effect 2. Not really a question here, just wanted to make sure the Beyond Nation knew about it. Uh, can I ask you a question, because I've thought about expanding my hard drive before. Uh, yeah. How do you transfer content? Is that possible? Yeah, you back it up. You make a backup on an external hard drive. We have oh, a video, okay. right? Yep, there's an old Chris Roper video. Uh, I will have to uh, watch this. Yeah, yeah, we, it's we, super we, easy. Oh, you can borrow my... Do you have an external? Yeah, I have an external. I just, back, just, I just back mine up the other it's just, day. Yeah, my hard drive is increasingly becoming full yeah. as well. Yeah. I'm I a little mine. confused. So once you put in a new hard drive, can't you format it and then just go online and download the, the update? You should be able to. Yeah, yes. so what was the, what's the problem then? Just because you can't get it off a stick? The problem is that when they put out the new firmware for PS3 retails, because the, they're trying to stop all this piracy stuff and get out in front of the jailbreaks, they did something weird to the firmware that now makes it not switch out hard drives. 
it's some kind of DRM thing. Sony's well aware that something's fucked up. They're working on a fix. There'll be a new firmware out that'll allow you to do it. <laughs> but for the Alec picks no. the worst weekend possible to try to switch out his hard drive, and this happens to gotcha. him. No, I mean, I, I feel for him. It's just... Uh, I don't feel for him. Be patient. Okay. It, it, it's, a, it's a shitty situation, but I, I understand that <laughs> it wasn't like Sony did this to be malicious. This wasn't the planned right. out part of that firmware. They have to stop. And I mean, you know that because you work at Sony. Yeah. Well, Jeff Rubenstein and his wife, when they're making minis, they invite me over. <laughs> while they're making them, I talk to them. About it. Here's the thing that I'm uh, that I actually am frustrated with uh, is that they they release this patch to try and fix the piracy, and within hours it's just broken again. Well, they, like it's a waste of their resources. It is. They need Agreed. to either. I don't know. They just need they to can't maybe move fix on. the piracy. I yeah. would just say, yeah, just Ever. admit, it admit it's going to happen and be done with it. They release new hardware. If you get want. back Linux. I was going to say it's a hardware problem. It's not a software right. problem. They need to stop. They need to. I mean, stop wasting their. Here's time. the thing. It's funny if they're really going to ride PS3 for the next few years, which I think they are. I don't think we're going to see PS4 for a very long time. I'd be very surprised. Then it would be cool for them to come out at E3 and sit like kind of admit like, well, not they don't have to admit it publicly, but hey, everybody, you, well, we've been hacked. No, it's to say like you know the, we, we you know we've had some hardware complications. We're releasing a, another new PlayStation 3, and it's 250 bucks. Don't even. Yeah. Don't even say that there's a new one. Just start shipping slims <laughs> with the new hardware in it, and just. Well, I think it would be cool for them. To, in other words, for them to get another price drop in there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I I think that honestly, we've reached a point in this whole sh these whole shenanigans where honesty would make the best policy. And I think if they did come out and just said like, you know, they joked about it like he joked with them losing all their secrets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the yeah. E3 back, and they're just like, hey, you guys know. We've had this problem. Here's what we're going to do for you guys and like put out a new system, maybe with some polishes, some tweaks, mm -hmm. a lower price. Yeah, yeah, cut 50 bucks off it. Yeah, great. Nope. Yeah. The 8,000th iteration of Final Fantasy IV is to come to PSP on <laughs> April 19th. Final Fantasy IV's release on PSP is mostly due to including Final Fantasy IV The After Years, a WiiWare-based sequel to Final Fantasy IV that all 10 people played because it was on WiiWare. <laughs> There's also a new content on the PSP release that bridges the main game with The After Years. Nice. Does, I, that, does that excite you, Ryan? Yeah, it's, well, it's cool. I'm not excited about it at all. I love that game, and I played it now enough. Is 4 the uh, one with the opera scene that everyone always no, famously talks about? Uh, 4 is the one where you travel to the moon at the end. Of course. Yes. Let's take it to the moon! It's great. All right, so I played the game on Super Nintendo. I played it on PlayStation. PlayStation, I played it on Game Boy Advance, I played it on DS. I played it on PSP now. It's a little much. It's getting well, you, a little much. Meanwhile, says you had to play it all those times. I don't know, no one did. Exactly. But you only I, I, to blame. I actually wrote the guides for the GBA and DS ones. <laughs> so you mean you copy and pasted? Yeah, well, I, I, so I wrote the one for GBA and then I had like a template and I had to change some things around because it wasn't quite the same. But uh, it just, it's really starting to piss me off. Why are they ignoring 6? I'm sick of this shit with Final Fantasy 4. I want... Six. I'm sick that uh, whatever this game's going to cost, because there's always a square tax to games that's always like $10 more than yeah. other companies. It is a square tax, because know, they know you... they can take advantage of people. No, yeah. I agree. Dissidia, uh, uh, Dukakum. <laughs> now I'm trying to decide. And we originally were saying, oh, the correct pronunciation is uh, Duodecum. It's actually yeah, it Dick Caucus. Yeah, <laughs> but I, now I'm wondering if it's like Duodecim, <laughs> like it has like a softer... like Just a, call it Dissidia. Michael Dukakis. Yeah. Dissidia 2. Dissidia 12. Um, the city of Michael that's like that's. I think that's only twenty nine or thirty nine. It's cheaper. It's cheaper than. It's like the same price. That's what we call of a fire sale. PSP. No, but I know. I know what Anthony's talking about because like well, DS games were like yeah, thirty dollars, yes. but right. if they and were, then Square were always forty. Yeah, it's like. But this particular dumb. title is either at the price of standard PSP titles, or it might be less. I forgot exactly. 
the exact price. Um, also, if you've been anxiously awaiting word on Parasite 3, Eve 3, wait no longer. I? Parasite Eve, the third birthday, is set for release on PSP on March 29th. I'm excited about that, dude. Really? People it. still care about that franchise? Dude, those, ga- those games were awesome on PlayStation. Also, it's no longer, there's no Parasite Eve in the title. It's no, just I know. the third birthday. It is Parasite Eve 3, though. I know. But it's just the third. I'm just going to call it Parasite. Yeah, you know what games were also awesome the first time you played it? Dino Crisis. But we don't need another one of those. Yeah, we do. Okay. (laughs) The original PS1 title, Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey, is getting an HD remake. Developers just add water working on it. Uh, They're also working on Oddworld uh, Stranger's Wrath. But due to Microsoft's 2 gigabyte limit on downloadable games, just as Waters already said, the Stranger's Wrath can't go to XBLA. Will Abe's Odyssey also be a Force exclusive because of this? We shall see. That makes me... uh, Kind of sad, but I'll still play it on PS3, whatever. Did you guys ever play Stranger's Wrath? No, those games were dumb. Bro. No, Stranger's Wrath was a fantastic shooter because all the ammo you shot was biological, and it was hilarious. You would shoot like a squirrel out of your crossbow that would then go and attack guys. You were a bounty hunter. It was awesome. It's just, it's just. I think it's so silly. Like, my, my, I hope Microsoft changes that for their game, like for the people that like to play on Xbox, because that's kind of a disappointing thing to yeah. not get games just because of the size of it. Well, it just yeah. comes down to the fact that they're most basic like skew at this point like the slim that comes with the two gigabyte stick basically they those consumers wouldn't be able to get it right and so it's just this fear that they would have content that consumers you know would be like why can't i buy this mark ryan was saying something i didn't know this either that the originally microsoft's limit on downloadable size games was 64 megabytes yep because that was the biggest memory yeah so i was like wow that's wild i didn't know that that's crazy yep try playing shadow complex with that nope can't do it yep um activision has released some intriguing Black Ops statistics. These include the fact that Black Ops players ki- have killed over nine times the world population, around 54 billion people, <laughs> and have fired more than one trillion shots in battle. Wow. 147 billion COD points have been earned, and over 43 million user-generated videos have been uploaded. Some good, this is some numbers. I love 54 billion people have been killed. <laughs> That's not even possible. <laughs> yeah. That's good stuff. Uh, EA has also revealed staggering sales data for two big releases. The subpar Medal of Honor reboot and critically acclaimed Need for Speed, Hot Pursuit, have both sold over 5 million units each. Nice. Nice. It's good for them. That, uh, that's surprising to me. Well, not necessarily, right? They, they marketed the yeah, shit. Yeah, Medal of Honor was well marketed. What I'm interested in now is it, because I really thought Medal of Honor's campaign was bo- the most fucking boring thing I had played in a long time. It was fucking really boring. It was, I, was so, I couldn't believe how boring it was Like when I was playing. Because I was so, I'm a big Medal of Honor it. fan, man. I, I'm I one loved of those, the old ones. Yeah, exactly. I was one of the people around those. Like, I even loved uh, Airborne. Uh, Airborne. Yeah. Oh, Airborne I thought was good. Paci- oh, Pacific whatever. Assault? Or no, no. Rib. Uh, rib. Pacific Rim. Yep. <laughs> it's all about the volcanoes. Pacific. <laughs> the, the Pacific game was generally the one people hated where you had to fucking fight alligators as you were going down a river. That's not a joke. By, uh, by, by the way, at the uh, mention of Need for Speed, when we were driving to Tiburon, oh, yeah, we, we remember that? Yeah. Uh, we literally saw a, a fucking cop car that was like built out of like a fucking a Dodge Charger. Yeah, it, looked like a su- it was like a supercar. It was, it was a, a supercar cop car. And I was like, oh, we're, we're in fucking hot pursuit <laughs> over here. It was hysterical. But I am glad that Medal of Honor sold well just for one reason because I, am, I do want to see now what they're going to do with the sequel to it. Because the, the the fundamentals of the game were fine. It played fine. It was just like so – it, it just felt game, so boring. I think it was a game that was ma- manufactured in like a year. Yeah. That was the problem. I mean give a team a proper budget and like – you know, and not the fear that they're going to get laid off when this doesn't work. Yeah. And let them actually do something. Yeah, so now maybe we'll get that. Um, maybe not. Probably not. Yakuza probably. 4 news. Yeah! The demo is hitting PlayStation Red Network <laughs> February 15th in North America and February 16th in Europe. Uh, and I believe those numbers are actually wrong. Really? Because it's PSN Plus in the teens, and then in the 20s, it's when you can just oh, get it off. That the was off the store so that we have on the side. Um, Only on PS3, though, right? 
What do you mean on PSP too? No, well, I updated the PS3 story yesterday. Oh, yeah, I think I got it on Coco. Oh, okay, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to go back did, and look. Maybe it failed or something. I'll check yeah. it out. So if rumors are to believe, Sony's going to soon reveal PlayStation Move functionality for the PC. Finally. This comes as an... This comes from an upcoming GDC 2011 panel description, which describes a discussion of the new Move server project that will make it possible for academics and hobbyists to develop software using the PlayStation Move controller on their own PCs. That's pretty cool. See what see what they can do with it. I mean, it. it actually might make having a Move more viable. Yeah. I mean, Speaking of which, oh. Philip writes into Beyond at IGN.com and says, "Any news on Move compatible games coming out this year?" Yeah, Sorcery is coming up. Come on. What? It's not coming out this year? I don't know. Is it? I don't yeah, think so. Did they ever put a date on it? It's coming out this year. We saw, it, we saw I mean, it a year I saw ago. It, I saw it in Germany. Mm, I saw know. it at E3, yeah. I mean, they've been quiet. Yeah, I, I, Move's I, already been regaled to just, oh, yeah, it's also in Killzone 3 if you want to Sports Champions 2. <laughs> you can yeah, play SOCOM with too. it. Yeah, you can play SOCOM. But beyond that, I mean, beyond, beyond. beyond. Uh, I don't know what we're looking down the sites at. No, I'm, 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 I don't know, man. I was excited about the move just with Sports Champions because I actually thought it worked really well, but now I'm just like, I don't even care. You know? Uh, Dead Space Extraction. It's, oh, yeah, it Dead Space is good it's, for that. Yeah, that's that's the best move. And TV Superstars. No. <laughs> uh, new DC Universe online content Turn! is coming. <laughs> the first round of DLC should be reaching gamers by the end of this month. There will be a new Catwoman-related content, Valentine's Day content, and more. Welcome to every MMO. Yeah. Uh, I thought Colin drastically undersold this art, this uh, piece of the news. Why? Because there's so much content coming to it. And you're so, well, well, I didn't want to like... A Catwoman was... episode! Yeah. Oh wow! Look. New armors. No one gives a shit about a patch Bane notes. Duo. <laughs> no one gives a shit about. Go look up notes. the patch notes. <laughs> all right. Well, there's. there's I some flip out when Starcraft gets patched. I love. Well, it. that's different because it's balanced tweaks Read and all that. Read that shit, and I'm like, oh, plus two seconds to builds for Zerglings. <laughs> yeah. No. Real quick before we move on, we have two DC Universe questions. Let's knock them out right here. Okay. Do First it. is from Chris. He says, DC Universe, how do you change your classes? I think I remember hearing once that once you unlock tank or any other class, when you go and do a queue, you can select a role for the instance, but it doesn't necessarily change your class. Is there another way to do it? Yes, of course, Chris. Whatever you change, you have two roles to play as. Like I play as a controller, as Taylor Swift. I can either be uh, you know, a controller or damage. You can change that from up on the D-pad. You can cycle your stance there. Or when you go into an instance or an alert or something, you can choose there and be ready to go. Why are you shaking your head? DC Universe Online has broken one of the fundamental design things of an MMO to me. They made it fun? Which is... <laughs> high five. Which yeah. is that... Uh, Greg just high fives himself. <laughs> every, every class that, I'm, that I see should be easily identifiable just by looking at them. When I see a character uh, in World of Warcraft, I can immediately look at them and be like, that is a paladin. But in this game, there's no way to know because they want you to be able to create such an elaborate character you, and have them do whatever. But you can't. I mean, are you talking about fighting people or when you're teamed with them? In general, just you know, I just. When I, your team with somebody on an alert or raid, their name in bars next to you, and there's an icon next to their name letting you know what they right, are. Right. So when you see them in that sort of thing, but I can't just do it just off of a straight visual cue, which is what every but other. Why game would is. I care? I don't. I mean, well, it's if, especially I'm, if I'm it's especially prominent I, in PvP. Okay. Well, if I'm fighting them, their health bar and name pops up above them, and next to that, I can see it. Yeah, if I want to take a look at there, I can. Uh, in, in other games, I can look in the field of battle and fucking see someone an in-game mile away and be like, "Caster, they have a tiny little pet. I know that they're a, a warlock." Well, see, that's this because is, you're a WoW nerd. This is fucking superheroes, dude. You never know what you're up against. You got some new they superheroes, don't have dumb super villain pets. I actually, they do have dumb. A dude with a question mark suit. I like pets a lot. So. All right, final question on DC. This comes from Alex D three three six. So they're releasing new update in a couple of weeks. Do you think they'll increase the level cap? If so, how long do you think that'll take to update? That doesn't make any sense, Alex. But uh, no, this does not <laughs> increase the level cap. One day the level cap will be increased. Yeah, you will never get a level cap increase without paying for it. 
I'm just gonna break your little bubble right there. Yeah, you figure break you're paying little bubble. You're paying the 15 bucks a month subscription, and SOE has said that gets you, you know, roughly monthly content. This is the. First I was gonna say, well, content. look at the way they've treated EverQuest. EverQuest had an expansion come out every year, SOE property, but every single expansion that came out that ever increased the level cap or expansion in general, you paid for it. Yeah. That's just the way it's gonna work. This is this is a, a problem that I actually have a lot with video games nowadays, and I'm going to lay it out. Hit for it you. out. So hit this it. It's a conversational podcast. Lay it out. I think about extreme longevity when I when there's something that I love, you know? So when I'm playing a game, I often think like, will I be able to play this game like 50 years from now, you know? Like now, of course, I, I, I highly doubt that I will be, you know, maybe interested in playing that game. But like I sort of when I when I buy something, I kind of want to think that it's a perm it's per it, it has permanence in my life. So in a, in the case of like an MMO or something, what if there is you you love this one game? And then you know that at one day in your life in the future, you can actually physically not play it anymore because maybe servers, like servers sure go that. down or, or maybe the, the system becomes obsolete. A, you know? It's a good life lesson. It's, 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 it's almost eerie because like, I think like when I'm playing Dissidia and stuff and like, I think like maybe like one day like my PSP will break. They don't sell them anymore and there's no way for me to like you know, get one again. Okay, so really? I just wouldn't. I'm, I'm, these are I'm talking about extreme long term. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. Like even like, what if they like change the way like systems interface with our like homes, our home electricity or something? Yeah, I, I think yeah. Uh, you'll have it's an crazy. easier time getting over it than you think. I mean, if you can get over the death of, your, of like family members and stuff like that. Okay, you might well, be able to get over not playing Dukakum. All right, look, guys. The city of the city. I'm trying to fucking lay my heart out, and I just get stomped on. I'm not saying that it isn't a valid concern. I think about these same things sometimes. It's the, re it's the reason I still have a Nintendo 64 that collects dust at my house, just in case I ever want to play it again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me just say, by the way, that the uh, the two things you you oh, okay, out of you. All right. So this is why, readers. Why don't you email us at beyond.ign.com? Tell us Did if these are interesting these stories. Two news stories. 2K Sports has revealed their critically acclaimed basketball title, NBA 2K11, is a officially a commercial hit, too. It sold 4 million copies worldwide. That's very impressive. Who That's twice as cares? much as the last game sold. I don't even know why we go down numbers like that. And Armor Core Here's 5. a game we've never talked about on the show, the Michael Jordan game that none of us played or were that interested in. <laughs> I know, but it sold 4 million but copies. But it's considered like the, the, maybe the best basketball game ever I agree. Ever made. I know. I, it's on my shelf to play. It's just... right behind Double Dribble. And uh, Armored Core 5 details. Ooh. Yeah. I'm excited about that game. Well... I mean, it's, it's nothing great, but I, I, what I, I thought was interesting about it was from from his working on it, the guys at the Demon Souls, and they're bringing that like that persistent online feel to the to Armored Core Five, which is cool. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Apparently, Greg doesn't think that's very interesting. Nope, though. don't. Big Armored Care robots. sucks. Armored Armored Care Core sucks. Okay, yeah. Armored Care also sucks. Remember how much we all <laughs> talked about Armored Core One through Four? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stop talking about it. All right, all right you guys are asses today. <laughs> don't shit on the things that I love. Uh, I don't shit on dumb DC universe. You oh, you can. What if well, I ever shit on uh, StarCraft? I always support you in your StarCraft. I, I know. And that's how you just fucked me. You just fucked me, Ryan, without a condom. <laughs> oh, Thanks. shit. Well, no. Thanks, brother. You call might, resistance you dumb all the time. You to go to a doctor. <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah, but you're a man. You can take it. Yeah, that's true. Got now, now, a little now flower <laughs> over here. A little flower. Great. Awesome. Flower too. Um, someone, uh, someone write in with a flower that begins with R. <laughs> a rose. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the one flower everyone knows. Rhododendrum. The rhododendrum, Ryan Clement. I like that. I like that. That's your permanent name now. All right. I'm kidding. It's not. You're a man. You're more manly than me. Uh, that, that's incredibly doubtful. Okay. You're you're a, you're a bigger guy. Colin. Yeah. If I wasn't 
entrenched in DC Universe playing nothing else, mm -hmm. and I wanted to buy a new game, mm -hmm. where can I go to find out what games came out? You go to the official IGN list of upcoming PlayStation software on all three platforms by the IGN editors. Okay, that's subtle. I like that. Yeah. Uh, there is one new game this week. One. Sweet. Kevin Van Dam Fishing. <laughs> <laughs> is it on PS3? It's on PS3. There's Dibs. nothing on PS3. Oh, oh, on that oh, I, want, I want to see those trophies. All right. Who put it out? Is it, is it, does it use PlayStation Move? Because that seems like I, an obvious one. It probably does, but I don't know. That would be smart. We'll check that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I would just like to formally say I, I haven't even played DC yet, so I'm not, I was not call, officially Yeah, I got you copy and everything. Look at that. No, no, no. Whatever. Be like the commenters on the boards. This sucks. <laughs> no, I mean. IGN Killzone 3. I might not like it, but I, no, I would not insult a game I haven't played yet. Digitally, what came to the store, Ryan Clements? Digitally? I, I didn't know about this. Assassin's Creed 2 Deluxe Edition? Mm. What is that? It's got all the DLC. It's, a it's got all the DLC. Yeah, you can download For 30 bucks. For 30 bucks. Yeah, that's a pretty good price. Assassin's Creed 2 is a great game. Uh, yes, I've. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, uh, yes. The Undergarden. Uh, no, Colin, you were playing that a little bit, right? No, no. I, think I reviewed was, that. Yeah. You, did yeah, you, rev we're, you we're reviewed the about PC version? Or I reviewed the PC and XBLA version. Okay. That's all right. When's your PS3 version going up? Uh, Sometime. If I buy it today and give you my system, will you use it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I just, gave you, I just gave you more work. Uh, Buying a Commando Rearmed 2. I'm surprised because I, I had no idea that was like coming out soon. But Well, Hillary pooped out. all over it, and that was the end of that guy. Oh, really? Damon, I, Damon's I, reviewing it uh, this week. Should be up by tomorrow. Cool. I've heard several people tell me it's not very good. No, yeah, That's I a shame. That too. I know, Everybody yeah. loves that They put that a jump one. in, right, and it broke it. No, it sucks. Really. That seems like that would make it better. Yeah, you know, right? Wait, they put a jump in? You can jump. God now. forbid you jump. You couldn't jump in the old game. Oh, oh yeah, because you're only uh, grappling. Yeah. Because his boots were so heavy, sure. and his arm was so heavy, he couldn't jump. That's that makes sense. And gravity was so severe as well. Anyway, mm. Tales from Space about a blob. Mm -hmm. It's early access for PlayStation Plus subscribers. I've heard good oh, that, about that. Yeah, game. I played that game in PAX. It was really cool. Cool. Fifteen bucks, right? Yeah. That's hard. That seems to be the new price for. Downloadable game it keeps going up. Yeah, on PSN, that's a new price for a game for a week, and then it comes down. I think Top Gun is like three dollars now. So. <laughs> uh, also, Colin, Mega Man Two. Yeah. PS uh, PS One Classic Imports. So is this another case where everything is in Japanese? Yeah. So by the way, we never really talked about that, but a lot of people flipped out about that piece I wrote about the PlayStation One imports. Why? It's because because they're like, you've never imported a game. You you people thought I actually went on this thing and accidentally bought the game and didn't realize it was going to be in Japanese. They didn't even read the article where I said that. Of course not. They read the headline. They were yeah. ready to go. And then everyone was like, well, they wouldn't spend the the resources to to translate this game. I'm like, cool, because I never said that in the piece. Yeah, you Good. bought a North American. I want instruction manuals yes, in English. Exactly. You it, bought a game off of North American service. Yeah, I don't care if it's called Import Store. I want a. I want a friggin' American or an English translation. Translation, not of the game, but just of the instruction or, manual. Yeah, or even a manual. Yeah. Exactly. I'd like to know how to play this. Yeah, friggin' Desimon Plus, 140-page manual in Japanese. The hell are you? It's it's a make-your-own-shooter game. You can't even play it. The hell are you releasing that here for? That's it. Very true. Uh, also, uh, hey, you get enough Samurai Showdown yet? Because if nope. not, you can download that for six ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, for your PSP. Uh, man, that's like that's one purchase. There's seven dollars where I would absolutely not want to spend. You're not you're not only playing a game that's been out for four million years, but you're playing it on a PSP, which is not exactly the best place to play a fighting game, in my opinion. Do you know that when the Neanderthals and the Cro-Magnons met in oh, Europe, God. that the Cro-Magnons were like, "Look how advanced we are. We created Samurai Showdown," <laughs> and that's and that's and ever since then, everyone's been playing. Uh, and then in the mini realm, nothing too funnily named, unfortunately, but we. Do have Wacky Land's boss? That's uh -huh. pretty funny. 
And uh, also Pac-Man Championship Edition. Yeah, people have been waiting for Championship that. Mini version. For like $17. Now, how much for, does it cost? Uh, four or five. For $25. $25. No. I know. $4.99. $4.99. So. Still too expensive. Uh, Dan writes in about that very game. I've been waiting to get Pac-Man Championship Edition, but now that it is available as a mini for $5, do you think that's a better deal? Oh, okay. He was waiting to get Pac-Man Championship DX on PS3. Now it's a mini for $5. Is that a better deal? Or should I get the PSN version and play it on my PS3? Trophies aren't a huge deal breaker for me if that helps. doesn't matter, Dan. DX, the PS3 version, is so good. And, like, I w- and it I looks p- great on an HDTV. Totally. I played the hell out of that, and then I downloaded uh, the Mini and played that, and it was, like, night and day. Like, it's not like the Mini's a bad game. If that's your only option to play Pac-Man, sure. And you really like Pac-Man, you want to go play on the go, fine. But it's it's slower. You don't get the crazy cool powers. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, but isn't the Mini also an iteration of the game that came out, like, on last Xbox. year? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so, a ver- I mean, it's a version that came out on Xbox. So I would just spend the $5 more and get the, the better game, yeah, totally. the newer yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, totally. 100% you should get the Only five bucks. Pac-Man like, Championship Edition DX is the one That you was my get. weekly allowance growing up. I think I got $5 a week. I got 6 Oh, my parents loved me more. I was getting screwed. When I was really little, my da- my mom used to give me like a dollar a week for like, do, well, you know, cleaning the baseboards or whatever. And then I'd go to like KB Toys and buy a GI Joe and like walk up and just give the lady like a dollar. And then and, my mom and, would like kind of like sneak up behind me and pay the rest of it. Right, because the lady would be like, it would have been funny if she shattered your dreams. Are you fucking idiot, kid? <laughs> you know how much this shit costs. You know how much money I got in my pocket? I'm gonna burn. I'm buying this right now and burning it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, let's get back to the readers. What's up? Oh, okay. I was just going to say I have a, I can have a quick new segment. Lay it on me. You want me to do it? Yep. Uh, so we have discussed this in the past. Because we don't always have trophy tips to give you guys, we decided that maybe in that spot we might you know, throw something in to, to surprise uh, the readers. Ever, or, except, ah, damn it, listeners. You guys aren't reading anything unless you're reading and listening. Does that ever happen? Someone might be reading a transcript of this podcast. Oh, very nice. Because right, anyway, deaf. So I, in that case, now, do, did, did you guys have any really great trophy chips this nope. week? No. Right. That's so, why I was skipping. I also skipped Pick of the Week, and I also added a, a segment. I know. As you recall. I love it. All right. Uh, so my quick little thing, my offhanded uh, uh, segment is Ryan has something to say. My offhanded segment is Ryan has something to say. Hey, guys, I'm Ryan. Let's talk. <laughs> I like that one was way better than my comment corner one. Just the tip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's what I have to say today. I took a cab into work this morning because Walter, uh, one of our colleagues, had an early morning meeting. He didn't want to deal with Muni breaking down and, you know, being totally screwed over. So I, I joined him for his cab ride. Here's what I don't like. Okay. Cab drivers that automatically start to have a gigantic discussion with you about some shit they're passionate about when you haven't initiated the conversation. Mm. Now, I am all for interacting with strangers because I think it's fun. It's, it, you know, you can get some snappy conversation in there. But if it, in, in that situation, I prefer to, to like be like, okay, I am in the mood to talk, and I'll be like, hey, Cabby, what's up, man? What do you got going on today? You know? You talk to him. What up, man? But if you sit down and you're like half passed out carrying a bunch of bags, you look exhausted, and they're like, yeah, hey, what do you think about that shit in Egypt? And if I, I you want to go to Egypt and be like the prime minister there, man, that would be great. I'm living in a palace. And he's talking to me about this. And I'm like, dude, Walt, this guy's Walter's asleep in the back of the cab. I look like shit. Like, you know, like, let us let us rest. Why don't you that's come up behind you him and shut up and drive? Yeah, ignore him. Uh, it's I so, do that. When they see, do that, me, I whip out the phone. I'm like, uh-huh. See, that's hard head. for me to do because it to me, like, it's I – mean, Or just say, I don't know enough about this to make an opinion. I just don't. It's hard for me to be. I'm say, I don't speak English. I don't speak English. But but so at, at the beginning <laughs> of the cab ride, I was like, uh huh. You know, I just I I said the bare minimum just so he knows, like I'm being polite, but I didn't want to engage in deep conversation. Mm. But uh, no, he he kept going. Then he started talking about his kids. 
And oh man. And you're just like, I don't care about your should kids. Should have said I hate children. <laughs> uh, but anyway, all right. So yeah, that. What do you guys think? I agree. I agree. Talkative cab drivers. Hate it. Not. Unless, yeah, unless I engage it, like you yeah, said. Yeah, exactly. I just put in my headphones. Yeah. Do, do you guys want to hear a funny cab story from from me and Clayman? You might know this one. I, have, I would love. Well, to first hear of all, it. I had a lot of funny cab experiences with Clayman yes, and I. But the, I the best too. one was it was me and like Eric and Charles and Clayman. So I had to sit up in the front seat. There was like this 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 woman, <laughs> this large woman driving the cab, and she immediately got into a conversation with us, broke out like a binder, and nice. was like, "Check out my artwork." And I'm nice. like, "All right." So yes. I started flipping through it. All of her art consisted of, like, not badly drawn, but pretty crude by, I guess, uh, proper artistic standards. Uh, animals, mostly, like, uh, like uh, astrological symbols and stuff. So, like, you know, like a, a – Yeah, like a bull and stuff. Like a, a bull having sex with, like, some other yes. astrological – Like, showing everything. I like totally x-rayed and stuff. Just showing – Like, passing her art around the, around the cap. Nice. It's, like, one of Clayman's favorite stories. She was t- – and, and, be- <laughs> and the best part is that – So, we went, this is when I lived in Daly City. We had, we had to drop them off. We were in, like, North Beach or something. We had to drop everyone off in the sunset. And then I – And Clayman thought it was really funny that she – I had to then be alone with this woman in the, in the car. And and she had to drive you all the way back to Daly City, and I was like, I was like thinking about getting out, and she's like, no, check out more of my art. So I had to like sit in the front seat with her, even though no one was in the back, and it was like totally awkward. It was. My best cab story was uh, when I was in E3 two years ago, and I met a bunch of people downtown, and then afterwards the bar the 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 bartender. I stuttered over, stuttered, Greg. I stuttered. Okay. I, I wasn't. Ca- I didn't do anything. Um, Why are you yelling? Uh, so yeah. So I, I, he, I was like, I need a cab, and he's like, I'll call someone. I know yeah, someone. Yeah. And then the guy rolls up, and it's not a cab. <laughs> it is a dude with a van. It's nice. And me and my friend get in, and his children are all sleeping in the back. It's like one in the morning. And and I'm like, and I and I open the door, and he's like. Come in, come in, come in. And I was like, okay. So he sat down and we're like, your kids are back there. And he's like, yeah, they'll sleep through it. It's okay. And then he's like, how are you guys going? And we tell him, he's like, I don't know, 12 bucks. And I was like, what? There's no meter? And he's like, nah, man, it's 12 bucks. Wow. Just enjoy the ride. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, right? My, my best cab story was in St. Louis. It was after a night of drinking, me and my two friends were like, we're going to White Castle. We're going to go to this White Castle. We're going to get a sack of sliders and do this. So we got a cab, and it was like this awesome cab driver because we're we're drunk now. I want to talk to strangers. Yeah, cab exactly. exactly. His name was like Papa Giorgio or whatever. So like Mr. Papa Giorgio, we're like, yeah, Mr. Papa, we're like <laughs> acting like a bunch of idiots. And he drops us off at White. He's like, oh, it's just here. I just dropped someone at White Castle, <laughs> and like he drops us there. And we're like, we we're like trying to explain for him to come back to us. And at this point, the guys he dropped off come out. They're like, Mr. Papa Giorgio. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'll drop them off and I'll come back. And we're like, where are you guys going? And they were going like somewhere where we just come from. And he's like, yeah, so it'll be. 10 minutes we're like great we go in we're this huge bag ba- bag of burgers and fries and stuff and we come out and wait and wait and no mr papa Giorgio. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we're like fuck what are we gonna do it's like three in the morning at st louis at this all night fucking white castle what are we gonna do crap blah blah and we're bitching about it drunkenly in front of the white castle and this this big lady this big old lady comes out with her burgers and she's like well i'll give you a ride and we're like she's like oh, oh my god 40-year-old, 40-year-old. I think you told this story like two years ago. Really? Uh, maybe. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it gets to be very definitive I'm what's ready, happening. I'm ready. So she's, she's this big old lady. And she's like, I'll, I'll drive you home. She's got her burgers. And we look, and she's just got a van. And, and, the, like, and the drunk, the drunks, and you were like, yeah, it sounds yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay. And we climb in. She's like, I just want $5 because it, it wasn't that far, but it was far enough to where you need a cab. We're right. like, okay. So we're going, and we're g- driving and talking. And, you know, St. Louis – is nice downtown, but East St. Louis is bad news, you know what I mean? And I had the general idea, like I had been to St. Louis enough at this point in my Mizzou career to know where we were trying to get back to. 
and she's driving, and she keeps making lefts. And I know this is getting us in a, not to where we need to be over on the right. And I and like finally I'm I'm just like, all right, she makes one more left. And I'm next to the door. I'm like, I'll throw it open the door and jump. <laughs> and like, I'm drunk enough that this is like all makes sense. And I'm like, I have my hand on the door. Like I'm ready. Holy and at that shit. moment, she makes a right and starts going back to where we need to be. All right. So, but there was a, literally a moment where we were you one were turn away bail. from me jumping out, throwing White Castle burgers <laughs> up in the air and sprinting. Oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah, I have. Uh, Okay, well, I'm glad that segment went way better mm-hmm. than I thought it was going that to. Was Ryan talking about stuff? Yay. Hey guys, we talked about stuff. Dude. All right, that's hot. Now it's time for the readers to talk mm. with reader mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin. Yeah. I uh, didn't come up in your little thing there, but mm. you t- briefly mentioned it. Resistance Three. Mm. Uh, UK guys got to see it. There's mm. a video preview up, video footage up, gameplay trailer. It's the whole nine yards. Nexus underscore Knight says Resistance Three. Just want to get Colin's thoughts on the new gameplay video. Peace out. Oh, I haven't seen everything yet, but uh, I actually read the piece. And from what I understand, this is the thing we were talking about the most. This is the thing I was intrigued about the most. I think I talked about this with Anthony, too, was their cute attention to detail with the story is cool just because – so Nathaniel Hale is dead. Spoiler alert. And he obviously was infected with the Chimera virus, which is why he was able to regenerate his health. And, and obviously regenerative health is a very common thing in shooters. Uh, because, like, they don't have anyone infected with the Chimera virus anymore and 90% of the Earth's population is now dead <laughs> – uh, there is no regenerative health anymore. So things I like are I, looking up. Yeah, so things are, things are great. They're, the Chimera are terraforming the Earth, and uh, everything's all fucked. But somehow a train still works, and they're taking it to New York. Um, and train somehow train. they also built the, the St. Louis Arch. Well, it, when they were doing that, they advanced train technology to run on solar energy. Oh, okay. They're done, solved. Easy. Okay. Um, but I, like just the general aesthetic of the game, like it's so gray and dark. It just looks so cool. Like I, I really feel you know this game. Like uh, who who saw the game? Uh, Martin? Uh, yeah, Martin, Martin Patch over there saw it. I think, oh, Patch, I think Patch actually did the write-up. Okay, yeah. yeah, and Patch was saying, like, you know, this this it really shows that this game has so much extra time and polish yeah. into it. That's right. awesome. There you like, go. That's, um, a, that's I what I, I want. Yeah. I want them to take their time. When Insomniac has time, they can work miracles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Water this, into wine shit. Resistance 2 was cool. I really liked it, but it was it was quick, and uh, obviously it sold very well. It sold, like, 400,000 copies in the first week. So it wasn't like it was not a critical success, a uh, commercial success, but some people were down on it. So it's seems like they just took their time with this one, made it a little different. Uh, it's really dire, which I like, because um, I feel like Resistance the get resistance games actually get more and more dark, which is nice. There's, like, less and less hope, yeah. in other words. And the weapon wheel is coming back. Oh, I'm so excited. For, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for Resistance 3. This is going to be good. Yeah. You know we're who else have, is We're going to have a good time. Mm. Hayes Blaze. He writes in, Ooh. Colin, I repent. I hadn't been feeling your enthusiasm for the Resistance franchise. After R2 let me down. I didn't think that Insomniac had it in them to top the greatness of Resistance 1. So perhaps I should have been to them, because one minute and 47 seconds into that four-minute clip, I had to pause it and pre-order the game. That shit is fucking sick. (laughs) (laughs) Weapon wheel back for the motherfucking win. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite email of the day. That was a good one, yeah. Uh, My only only criticism, I I thought it all looked really good, but my one criticism is that there was a part where he was shooting one of those electricity guns or whatever, mm-hmm. and it looked like there was no feedback. And that's my whole problem with Resistance 2 is that I felt like I shot guns, and it was just clearly a bullet coming out of an animated thing. There was no, like, kick, like a kill zone or something like that. The, the one thing – so this is how I would explain it. I'm not sure, like, the Ross Moore, for instance, which is a human gun, how it might react to the auger, which is a Camaran gun. Right. So maybe the Camaran guns don't have any kickback at all, and that's how they kind of explain it because it is, they yeah. are obviously an advanced species. So maybe there is no – like, when – you know – 
maybe when they're shooting that whatever weapon they use, that there is no kickback. I will say that the reason that there's kickback in a normal weapon is that there's a black powder and there's an explosion. So if there's no explosion, it would make sense that there wouldn't be kickback. Yeah, yeah. but it's an energy weapon. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's just my – maybe that's not the – see, that would be cool is if, like, you know, the, the human resistance had to use, yeah. uh, like, old weapons from when the Chimera first broke out of Russia or whatever. So they have a lot of, like, crude weapons and there's a lot of kickback and, and stuff like that. But then when you get, like, an auger or a Chimera weapon, then there's no kickback and they yeah. work a lot smoother. And that would be cool is if those weapons are becoming rare or something and when you find one, you really, like, cherish it and you put it – and you access it on the weapon wheel when you really need it. Otherwise, you use – like a cruder human weapon. You know, you know how you just said terraforming resistance mm. three. That's what's happening there. Yeah. So yeah. apparently, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm oh. sorry. No, no. I, I thought you were asking. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that that just reminded me of the trailer for Battle for Los Angeles. That uh, you see those? See that movie? No. Yeah, a little trailer action. No. No. Nobody. Nobody's seen that trailer. Really? No. I saw oh, a bus with awesome. a sign on it yesterday. It looks. Oh, that I love that trailer. It looks so. Look it up. Look okay. it up. Okay. Good. Also, look up Hobo with the shotgun. Okay. All right. Look that up as well. Uh, Jason writes into Beyond at IGN.com and says, Hey, Beyond crew, I know you guys have full friend lists. So I was wondering, how often do you look to see what everyone is playing and then show the trophy levels? Uh, I look at what everyone's playing every time I sign on. Me too. First thing I do, scroll um, over to check my messages, and then I go through and see what everybody's playing. Honestly, I don't check trophies except for when I first add a person, and I check regs. And that's basically it. I check it like as far as their their level. Yeah, yeah. I let it pop up, yeah, but yeah. I only check Greg. I only like look at Greg, like Greg's level and stuff. I don't really mm-hmm. care what anyone else has to be honest. Adrian writes in, as you should know, Bionic Commando Rearm 2 requires you to be connected to the PSN to play the game. What do you think of this? Will this decrease sales as people have to jump through hoops to play their game? I play console games to be away from DRM. I don't pirate games, but the requirements to play games is ridiculous sometimes. Final Fight did the same thing. Exactly, and people were really pissy about it. Anthony, thoughts? Mm. We look like you're losing you. No, I'm just thinking because they're, I mean... It's it's different too because I mean there was a problem. I I knew plenty of people who bought games legitimately off PSN and then shared them with friends because you could totally. do that really yeah, easy. Yeah. And XPLA the way they've always got around that is it signs it to a serial number and so you have to be signed in on your profile if you're playing it on a console with a different serial number. But there's no real good way to do that with PSN. Th- I don't know. I don't really see a problem with it. I mean if you're able to sign on and buy a game, I'm I'm curious who's like signing on. Buying again, then being like, all right, now I'm signing off so I can play this game. Yeah, like, exa- that's, that? that's exactly the now point. I'm going to unplug my PlayStation and move it here. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the inherent, you know, if you, it, like like Anthony said, if you can sign on a PlayStation network, you have, uh, it's inherently perceived that you have an internet connection. So why would you not want to be signed on when you were playing the game? If that's all you have to do, then what's the big deal? And, yeah. if, you, and if you are playing the game legitimately, you have nothing to worry about. I yeah. also am curious to know a uh, statistic of how how much readily accessible internet is in American homes now. Because I feel like, Maybe some, like you know what ten years ago, or maybe yeah. a little yet less. It might have been like internet was a little trickier. Like you didn't have you know not everybody had like a cable connection and stuff. When people are rocking the, what when was uh, I always hear when really was fifty six k all the modem action? When was all that? Happening? I don't know two thousand two thousand two thousand one. I had a fifty six k modem in like, yeah. like ninety eight ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, somewhere I would so, say yeah. yeah late nineties or something. Uh, I remember my friend got cable a cable modem in two thousand and that was and like it was a the big shit. deal. That that was, was, yeah. We all went over there to download music on his on his computer. Yeah. That was the big thing going to college that I was gonna find, yeah. have access to this Ethernet. Thing. See, yeah, that's so that's what I'm wondering. Like, there, I think cable connections are like the standard. I mean, they're obviously the standard now. And I wonder how many, um, you know. I actually, I actually, I actually still think that uh, most homes don't even have DSL in America. More homes have dial-up still really? than have faster connections. Yeah. No way. The number, I'm, I'm serious. The number I'm serious. you, when somebody actually quotes a number, it always is depressingly low. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it's still surprisingly low. Like it's just like you know, the vast majority of people don't have HDTV still either. 
you know. Well, I was still, I, don't, but but yeah. just dial up still. Really? Yeah, I mean, well, my some, pa- yeah, some people don't have even have access to that service if they wanted it. If, yeah, if my parents beyond, don't. If any Beyond listeners have like read any reports on BBC or wherever, they might do. Yeah, a you, you like really that. let us write on that orange juice. Send us in some tech information. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying, Americans. <laughs> if Ameri- they actually quote a source, <laughs> if they just send us a link. American infor- internet infrastructure is pretty terrible. Yeah, it's awful. I mean, because I, I was gonna say, I remember in the mid '90s, I lived in Maine at the time. You see commercials said this is broadband and this is the way when they were like laying broadband connections that was like over 15 years ago and people yeah. still don't don't have I mean this is obviously a very big country my parents cannot get broadband where they're the best they can get is satellite internet Jeez. yeah that sucks you know I mean satellite internet's good but it's, it's expensive so you know I, it is disappointing we do need to do something about that like that should be actually very important to us that's why like Japan apparently just has internet everywhere it's like flowing out of people's Japan's thoughts. also as big as my hand yeah. really Wow, it's a ri- that, I'm imagine- I can't believe our plane landed on that. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. I think uh, I was just gonna say I think the solution is not even gonna be broadband. It's eventually gonna be like wireless, and that we're just gonna have huge towers and shit, mm. probably all over the country. Like just fucking resistance towers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Brock writes in. I just saw the rumored cloud saving with firmware 3.60. Think there is any truth to this? PSN. Or, I'm sorry, PlayStation Plus. Only so it will further enhance the value of it. I'm excited. Hope it's true. What do you think? Yeah, it's awesome. I, I mean, uh, was I talking about this with – I don't know. I was talking about with Mark Ryan that, like, uh, initially the only use it seemed to have was uh, to transfer, I guess, data uh, if you wanted to get a new PlayStation or something like yeah. that or save your data. But uh, I wonder if it has something to do with the NGP. Yeah, that, that would be the hope. Well, right? the Personally, I'm not that <coughs> excited about it just on face value. Okay, I guess I, the, I mean, when, I'm, when I have to delete something to make room, I'm deleting game data utility stuff, the installs, not the, you know, yeah. 60 Six. kegabyte. I think they're... Kegabyte? KBs. I got the KBs. Kegabytes. I got the KBs. <laughs> I think what they're finding is that people use their profiles and stuff at friends' houses and stuff like that. I mean, like, True. you know, for instance, in Call of Duty, if I go over to my friend's house, I can sign into my profile, but it, does, it doesn't have my save, so it doesn't know that I've leveled up and done all this yeah. crazy stuff. Cloud saves and stuff has, has been kind of go- an ongoing thing in Steam and stuff, too, and I think yeah. they've seen success with that. But what if I was playing Comet Crash on my PlayStation 3, and then I came into work and I, got, I accessed the cloud and played it on my NGP? Whoa, yeah, that'd be nice. Shit, mm-hmm. That's what I hope or that, that is for. Even if, even if it's not accessing the same game, but accessing another game where you could continue to build on that save. Right. That's why I actually really like uh, MMOs, and, and sorry to mention again, things like StarCraft, where I can just install it anywhere I go. Like when I went home for for vacation and like I was like you know what my mom's computer would would totally run StarCraft and I can just like boot it right up yeah and, and it has your on. saves and it has your profile has all, it has all my ladder information that is nice I do great. like that that part I like yeah yeah it's neat <laughs> but that's it I just think they're realizing I mean like my I mean uh, it it makes sense I get it it makes sense especially for like us who have profile have systems at home have systems right. at work. Not being able to transfer that stuff yeah. without, you know, get here and be like, oh crap, I need my dead space safe from It's home. not as big of a deal. I yeah, think that there's a limited people. audience that will find it useful, but those of us who do, it's just an add incentive to use a service. All right, we're running long, so let's see what we got here. We got two ones we got to hit in the back. Ryan, here's a very fast one, all right? Yeah, I'm ready. This one comes C. Rob. Huh? Ryan, yes. I just realized that you guys have never given the Beyond audience any bad advice ever, so I decided to try <laughs> listening to K pop, and holy shit, I love it. <laughs> Are there, any, are there any groups in particular you would recommend? From what I found on YouTube, my favorite group is so far is After School. Okay, excellent. Uh, so if you're looking for if you're looking for great girl groups, there's a few you have to hit. I'm gonna give you four of them right now. Okay, I'll save the best for last. First, Girls Generation. If you want something really poppy and, and there's like of the twelve most, of them, nine, but they're the most like beautiful girls ever. Secret, four girls, really uh, like jazz, big band inspired music. Four minute, if you want 
for like the number and then minute. That's the name of the group. Oh that, God, those are those are five girls, but they do a little bit. They do poppy stuff with kind of like a techno undertones. And the best and of the, the best, best of the best. Twenty one spelled two N E and then the number one. Twenty one. Got it. All right. Four girls, so most amazingly talented girls you'll ever see, and they do just so pop, hip hop, uh, amazing shit. This is the one group where Anthony has actually listened to them on his own time without me even telling you him like to them. listen to it. It's true, I do. Yeah. Okay, good. I want you to listen to some Korean death metal next. Uh, they probably have that somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure they do. I'm sure it's awesome, too. Nick writes in. He says, Beyond. 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 Hey, Ryan, Colin, Greg, and any guests on the podcast this week. My name is Nick Malloyd. I live in Toronto, Canada, and I just wanted to say, holy shit, Greg, did I just hear, on you, did I just hear you on We're Alive? I was catching up on some of the episodes, and I had to, com- I had to come to a complete stop because I'm almost certain I heard you doing one of the voices of the characters. Is this true? And if so, how did it come about? That is true. I made my uh, vocal acting debut <laughs> on We're Alive, Chapter 18, Part 2 of 3, uh, this past Monday. And it came about very simply that uh, a, a listener on my IGN months ago said, you love zombies, you need to listen to We're Alive because it's, like it's a radio drama on the internet in podcast form uh, about zombie apocalypse. And I listened and fell in love with it and started talking about it on shows. And the creators reached out to me and thanked me for the support. And then we got to talking and they offered me a part on the show. How did you do it? So did you do it via Skype? No, I did it in our VO booth one day after work. I had um, hit record and I walked in there. And, I did and then a, you sent them the file? I did a bunch of takes, yeah, and sent them the file. And they Did you die? No, I'm not dead. Spoilers. Uh, I'm, my, my name's Pete, and I'm living in. I'm very much alive in this, and I should be back for a show. So uh, a lot of emails about this. Thank you all for being able to recognize my voice. Uh, uh, and that's one of the reasons, right, that I, that I got asked to do it in general, because I mentioned on the podcast not thinking about it, and I guess a million people wrote into them saying, hey, I just found out about it from Greg Miller. This is cool. Thank you very much. So that was one of the reasons they picked me out of the crowd to do anything. So nice. I want to appear on the show and battle with you. Okay. <laughs> I, haven't, goes to show. I haven't been able to listen. And okay. I'm just curious to know, what, how is this show set up? Like, what, what's it, what would you compare it to? Because I, I, I don't really listen to radio dramas. So how does it I work? mean, it's a zombie movie. It's a zombie apocalypse movie that has – Or is, TV show. Yeah, or anything like that. It's, so is it, is it actually like – is it recordings of people or are you actually hearing them like walk around? And you're, you're hearing them hearing? walk around. It's a completely – it's like an old Superman serial or something oh, you hear okay. on the radio. You know, a door creaks open because someone's yeah, yeah, opening yeah. a door. Exactly. Gunshots. Yeah, it's like the old radio serials or whatever. Yeah, they do a really 30s. good job of painting the picture in your head about it. Okay, cool. This also reminded me too – Is there a narrator? No, there's no narrator. Okay. You're, I mean, the, the the very beginning of why this is all people are recounting stories, right, is that when uh, it all starts or whatever, and they get a group of survivors together, like there's a couple military dudes, one of them named Michael, and Michael tells everybody, start writing down everything in these journals. That way we can learn from any experiences we have, find out what these things are doing, why they're doing it, what their patterns are, and stuff like that. Gotcha. So when there is a moment where somebody's like retelling what's happening or narrating part of a story, it's, it's because they've written it. Yeah, exactly. It's Got because it. they're writing it in their journal. Cool. Uh, it's awesome. This also reminded me that I've never pimped the fact that I have a new podcast. Uh, uh, I co-host with Brittany from my IGN. I co-host uh, We're Not Dead. Or Yeah, that's right. No, We're Alive. No, wait, what? We're no. Not Dead. We're Alive is the zombie podcast, and then we host the community fan cast. We are not dead. Where all we do is talk about We're Alive. So if you have no interest in We're Alive, don't listen to We're Not Dead because right. that will make no sense. Right. But if you're one of the hundreds of dozens of fans. <laughs> the dozens of fans pick that of up. the show. Um, all right, those are the real questions. Now we have two little things to hit up here before we go. Sure. Uh, Corey, start listening. This comes from Jen. Beyond. Hi, my name is Jen. I just got married this week, and my husband and I have been listening to IGN podcasts together for several years. I know you don't usually do shout-outs, but I was hoping you'd make an exception for us. We are huge fans. We're going to be listening to this podcast on the plane to Hawaii for our honeymoon, and I wanted to surprise my new husband through one of his favorite podcasts. His name is Corey. 
Thanks. We love the show. Keep up the awesome podcast. You guys keep us entertained every week. P.S. I attached a wedding picture of us with our Mario wedding cake. This is this is adorable. I, I was so happy to get this email. I'm yep. glad you read it. I totally forgot about it. Uh, I, I First, I can I can see all the other Mario things. I see the mushroom and stuff, and then I saw the thing that looked like a green penis. I know, yeah, yeah. But I realized it's a tube and grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a delightful <laughs> little picture, but I agree, too, that I did say... Oh, could be a little phallic there. Cup, cupcake. Uh, oh, no. I'm, it's it's great to see uh, gaming couples that are actually attractive, normal-looking people. I know. Yes, <laughs> you're both beautiful people. Yes, both beautiful. Beautiful people. Fantastic cup, cupcake. Yeah, Sounds like a post-hardcore band or something. <laughs> <laughs> have, a, have a good honeymoon. Yeah. Uh, where a, are they going? They're going to Hawaii. Oh, beautiful. Probably, probably get on the sandy beaches there. Oh wow! Yeah, that. Uh... <laughs> you see it? Yeah, right. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> good. I'm glad it just isn't me and Anthony with cocks in the brain. Um, Andre writes in and he says, I made a podcast beyond Little Big Planet 2 level. I don't mean to plug it for hearts or anything, but I did put a lot of effort into it. It'd be great if the Beyond Nation could check it out. My level is called Podcast Beyond colon The Pit. You can find it by searching <laughs> the level name or my PSN, Marvin TM1. Uh, of course, there's also a website called LBP.me where you can log in with your PlayStation Network account. Queue up levels and save them that way. That'll then be right, right ready to go on your PS3. Awesome. I made a tiny URL for this one if you want to do it. So go to tinyurl.com slash LBP173. Obviously, LBP, a little big planet, 173. Podcast Beyond, episode 173. Mm, uh, Haven't played it myself. Okay. I, was that, that was, I, I got this this morning, and I was like, I don't have time to jump in. Uh, I do like that, though. Uh, if you have cool little big planet 2 levels, send them along. We yeah. can feature them. I'll s- send them along earlier than Wednesday, and I'll start playing them, and then I'll yes. have a good one every week for yes. somebody to play. That's cool that uh, I had absolutely no idea about that community site that can just direct you to the do- level downloads. Fantastic. Great uh, LBP.me is one of the best things they put in that show. Or okay. the, the show. How is it? So how does it actually sync with your – you sign in with your PlayStation account? Yep. Yeah, and then you can go through levels, see what your friends are doing, see how your levels are doing. Every level that gets generated now, or made, I should say, gets a web address for it, so you can send people directly to it, so they can Beautiful. read about it, and That's then they, fantastic. Can, they see ratings, they see high scores, they can add it to their queue, and then when you turn on your PS3 and you go there, it'll say, you have new levels in your queue, you want to play them right now? Yeah. And see, here's the thing, 50 years from now, what if that site doesn't exist anymore? It won't. Exactly. That's sad. I don't think so. I, don't I think, think it's going to be okay. My primary Zeitgeist. goal is just living the, the next 50 years. <laughs> right now, live in the moment. Maybe you won't be here 50 years from now. Did you think of that? Uh, I, I do, yes. I don't know if you've seen Homefront, but the North Korean EMP is going to wipe everything out, so all these things are going to be gone. Shit. Final <laughs> tidbit before I gave it over to Ryan. Yes. Don wrote in. Says, hey, I got this Pixel Junk shooter code. Give it away. 26KEFQBKP7CN. I'm Greg Miller. This is podcast beyond episode 173. Follow IGN on Twitter at IGN. Follow Ryan on Twitter at Pwam Cider. Follow Colin on Twitter at No Taxation. Follow Anthony on Twitter at Chuff Money. C H U F M O N E Y. And I'm Game Over Greggy, of course. Everybody's on Facebook, but few of us. I think Ryan still checks it. I still, uh, I still do. And now that I found, I, I was hating on Facebook for a while, but now that I found that I could just have my tweets publish mm. as my profile status on Facebook, <laughs> I'm fine now. One of the, it, it, it still requires way too much management, though. One of the reasons I hate Facebook, uh, of course, is that I'm maxed out, so I broke Facebook. That yeah. doesn't, that feature doesn't work for me. Do it you cannot publish my tweets? Can you um? So, uh, you do you are you still at five thousand? They haven't improved. Like, well, no, they it, haven't up to the level cap. They yet? have not up the level cap. I've ma- I've maxed out the friends and friend requests. <laughs> so it just locks you out completely now if you try to talk to me. Do you even? Can you even like log in at all or? Uh, not on my phone. My phone chugs trying to run it. So. Yeah. Mm. God. 
I don't care. Twitter's the way Mark to go for Zuckerberg, me. Mark Zuckerberg, listen. You tweet, if you tweet at Game Over Greggy and you have a real question that isn't dumb or just calling me a dick, I'll respond yeah. to you. Yeah. I'll block you if you call I, me a dick. I think we need to have Mark. I mean, I just saw the social network. So I haven't I know, yet. I know he listens to our show. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I supported his movie. The least he can do is listen to my podcast. So I, I, I saw it on a plane, so I didn't even pay for it. Uh, but, yeah, I think he needs to up the level cap. I mean, he seems he, – apparently he's a genius. So – I think they need to I'm stop gonna, fucking with the site. I, I'm pretty sure that they're all a very small handful of people that this is a problem for, so yeah. they don't care. Yeah, yeah I, know. I know. But, like, look, no, hold on a second, though. Look at how many popular people, celebrities, are on Twitter and have in the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of followers, and in some case, millions. On Twitter, yes, I mean, but in Facebook, Facebook's a place for real-life friends. Yeah, and you can have a fan page. That's what they'll always, That's what they'll tell Greg is, like, if you have a problem with it, just make a fan page. Exactly. Yeah. Seems like a lot of work. It's just, yeah, no, it, it is. Facebook is very cumbersome. Facebook is just, they've just, I really love Facebook. I've been using it for seven years. My account's seven years old. Yeah. You know? I made it for meeting college friends. That's yeah. what yeah, I Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and it used to be awesome. Like, I, and I think it hit its stride like 2006, 2007, 2008. Now they yeah. will just not stop fucking with it. You know, like every time I'm, I sign on, now I go to like, you know, I, I click on the right thing to like accept friend requests. It's like a box of it was like, your friend requests have moved. And then it like shows you like where it goes to the like, other side. It's like, <laughs> it's like so why does it even say it here? Yeah. What the fuck is the point of this link? Yeah. You know, and they just like, they got that rid of, you know, I used to accept everyone and then add them all to a list that, which is people I don't know. That's what the list is called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you, now they got rid of the drop down, so they have to individually add each person to a list. So like I have like 50 people I have to add. It's just like, they just will not stop messing with that yeah. website. They just need to leave it alone. I think that's my opinion. It's, right. it's turning into friggin' my Ryan, speed. take me home. <sighs> Will do, sir. Uh, I got a message from Chris. Hi, Chris. Uh, he says, Beyond, long time listener of the show, could you please play my band, The Clean Beats? Beats spelled B E E T S. I know the name sounds like we show up in mi- to middle schools and tell kids not to do drugs, but we really are cool. <laughs> if anybody comes up to uh, me at our show in Dallas and yells Beyond, they will get a free CD. Yeah. Nice. I am a skinny white guy in the band playing bass. Uh, I do love how – oh, so they're playing at the House of Blues on February 18th and Pitchers oh. in Arlington. That's on a February legitimate 19th. venue, House of Blues. Yeah. Uh, check Facebook for date of show at Dallas's Best Lesbian Bar. I love how that's the end of his email. I don't even know what that means. As one of those, uh, a lesbian bar, I yeah. guess, maybe. But thank you, Chris. If you want to send uh, some music that you have produced or you're in a band and you want uh, us to pimp you out, send it to beyond at IGN.com, along with all your other inquiries, questions, comments. Inquiries and questions are the same thing. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, I'm going to play uh, the Clean Beats. This is a song called Takeaway, which will apparently be playing at a lesbian bar in Dallas. <laughs> That's beyond for for me. Beyond. 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 Anthony. Beyond.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.